you don't have to know. We have this feeling like this pressure, like we always have to know what we're doing. The year in between the corporate world and when I started creating content for your world within, I had no idea what I was doing. And at times it was nerve wracking because you have expectations. You're comparing yourself to your friends who quote unquote, have it all figured out. Your family wants what's best for you. They want you to have X, Y, or Z job just because they love you. Right. And, and, and it's just how it goes. There's a lot of stress, but it's okay to wander and feel things out and try things. You're listening to the routine project podcast where I, your host, Justin Crawford, am getting into the minds of today's leading entrepreneurs, thought leaders, celebrities, and so many more with one mission in mind, understanding their routines so we can get into building the ones that make the most sense for us. This is the one podcast that's hyper-focused on routines and routines only. What's cool is I feel like we're learning with the guests of the show because sometimes they come on here and they don't even know that they have these routines. I'm excited you're here to learn something new, so thank you for clicking play wherever you're tuning in. Now here's today's episode. Everyone, you're back for another episode of this podcast we call The Routine Project, and I'm so excited. Today, I'm joined by a dear friend who happens to be a top-rated YouTuber, podcast host, entrepreneur, uh, and, and above all that, a public speaker that I love watching. Uh, he's given several uh, speaking videos or whatever you want to call it where you find him all over the internet, but his name is Eddie Panero, and I'm so excited because uh, there's a lot to what he's currently doing and what he's built over a lot of years. I mean, I've been listening to him for years. Uh, it's how I discovered him, but something that I'm really interested to dive into with Eddie is just this holistic idea of creating your own while managing your own expectations in the business world, particularly as a solopreneur. He's a worldwide personal development and motivational friend as well, uh, who, who owns a brand called Your World Within. And I know you guys would love all of his amazing thoughts and everything he's built there. And to this day, he still manages to, manages to create some of the best content uh, out there that we'll be sure to link below uh, while you guys are tuning into this very episode. Uh, but for right now, I just want to introduce you to Eddie Panero. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hey, Justin. Thank you, man. Thank you for an awesome intro. Wow. That was, uh, that was, <laughs> that was, that was something, man. But no, always, always uh, you know, an honor to hang with you. You'd never know, but I wrote this up right as Eddie was joining the Zoom call. It's I, I've known you for so long, and I say that with such confidence because it's hard for me to write an intro for a lot of guests on this show, particularly in business, knowing all the accolades and all the numbers and titles and things like that. But when I met Eddie years ago, uh, I, I really just reached out. I had inter I'd interviewed him. Um, you know, this was probably four years ago now, uh, and I had you on another show of mine. It was a digital. It was during the pandemic. It was very digital. And uh, I've been watching you uh, and the Your World Within brand. And I do want to start from the beginning of it because I feel like a lot of folks who are listening are like, wait, Your World Within, My World Within, what am I clicking on after I get off this podcast episode? But if you can start with the beginning of the brand, and I know that I have so many questions and I'm sure people will be uh, weighing in as well with their with their thoughts when we talk just about okay, so your name is Eddie, but you have the Your World Within brand, and therefore there's probably two sides of the business, which we'll get into later, but start with the beginning for us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And funny enough, I remember when you did reach out, it was 2017, because I just moved to Florida, and like the first time we we chatted, you were on the the subway, I think. No, that's um, right. It's such a throwback. This is right? way before the interview. You're right. I called you when I had just gotten to New York, and yes- I was Isn't in that crazy? program. That's exactly right. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so your world within. Uh, so for for me, like I like to sum up the whole thing, especially because everyone is kind of so uptight about the whole career trajectory thing. I like to come at it from an entire sort of an opposite angle and tell people uh, to relax and, and, and see it as an adventure and a pursuit of where you can add value and enjoy yourself at the same time. Uh, Cause I think that's where our best work comes from. That's where like, you can't get up every day excited if you haven't moved closer to that place. So mm. for me, it was like, I hadn't learned to think like that yet. And so I went to high school to get good grades in college, to get uh, a good job, to start moving up the corporate ladder. And I was 26 and I was like, dude, I feel so unfulfilled. You shouldn't be going to work praying for a flat tire. You know, you just you shouldn't, that shouldn't, shouldn't be a thing. Um, this might keep slipping down here on me. No, um, it still sounds totally good. All right. Perfect. Um, so yeah, basically what I'd been doing while I was working was sort of building this studio and I liked to like write songs and I was creating acoustic uh, tracks and um, I ultimately left the corporate world and started doing that, but it, it expanded. I was exploring. I was playing acoustic shows in Boston. I was helping other songwriters in the area write songs. I was doing some creative writing, some blogging. I was taking the video camera out and just kind of seeing what I could put together and, uh, you know, in doing so kind of carved out a space for myself, you know, the first video on the channel, um, was a, a promise to myself as the money was drying up. And I was sort of sure. tempted to go back to the corporate space and find that comfortability again, that, Hey dude, just put your back against the wall, you know, see how this goes, have faith in yourself, um, and so that's what that video was. And it was amazing because I got to mm. write a speech, you know, put a video together. It felt like expression. It felt like art, a piece of me, but it was like, mm. it was really having an impact on the people that heard it. And mm. so that was, that was the the moment I'm like, okay, this is, this is where I'm going. Mm. And with, with like, probably at some point, such a sense of direction, yet also no sense of direction. If you can hit on that, like when you are, dancing with the idea of going back to such comfortability to, to, to your point with a steady job, whether or not it's nine to five or just, you know, steady enough paycheck, but then trusting in yourself, right. Having that faith, which you also mentioned to then just continue going down the road of entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you mentioned this, I think a lot of people who in today's world, when you have a plethora of options and opportunity, you do end up taking a camera one day out just for no reason to, you know, to, to make content. And then you do come up with a random idea to do X job for said client or, you know, said platform that you want to create with. But how did you manage all of it being so overwhelming even to this day? Because something you and I talk about a lot is this idea of business being a simple thing. Like you, the, the, mm. your model, I mean, you're always in a black t-shirt and it's the Steve Jobs model. Of, <laughs> it's a very simple, can you tell, you can tell I pay attention to my friends, but it's a very simple way of living, very simple way of, of, of doing. And I'm almost positive it's bled into the business world for you too. So was that your way out of all the noise and the overwhelmment from the beginning? It's funny. It was like, um, a cycle of overwhelming and underwhelming. So like, so much of what I attribute to my progression was uh, nothing extraordinary. It was a lot of do not stop. 
you know, and I put this into perspective, you know, because a lot of people reach out and I think it's a beautiful thing. They want to start mm. brands and, and, you know, online uh, communities, that stuff. I've been doing this for nine years. Uh, I did not hit the exponential curve financially until two years ago. That Like I went through seven years of, I, I mean, some barely scraping by, but certainly none of them where I was like financially free. I mean, it was mm. just like, this is, this is what I'm doing. And I have faith that things are going to uh, happen a certain way. Right. And so what that line of sight did for me mm. uh, was allow me to push away a lot and create that simplicity that you're talking about. You know, I, I, I just, I didn't have time for so many things. I wouldn't entertain so many things because they fell outside the scope of mm. what I decided mattered. Now, mm. did I chase squirrels? Yes, a lot. <laughs> but like, define uh, chasing squirrels for a sec. Eddie, you can help X many people and make X dollars if you use webinars. And it's yeah. like, oh, That's I right. better use webinars, right? And then it's like, this yeah. isn't me. This is not how I tell my story. This is not how I help people. Ew, I don't want to do this, right? And so, like, there was a lot of that and part of that's growth and it's good and you have to explore and learn what to say no to. Uh, but ultimately that sort of North star kept pushing me back. Um, and so the, you know, the, the answer without being long winded is like, you have to understand that this is a journey and to add true value. It takes time. Um, and, and I, I just always want to make sure that people understand that. Exactly. Right. I mean, we were about to hit the record button and I go, we got to talk about time and slowing down. I mean, okay, so let's talk about the process. I mean, this is like your entire shtick for the most part. Every time I've heard you on a podcast, watched your videos online, uh, mm. see your content on social now, thank God you're forward facing. I remember the days when I thought Eddie was never going to get in front of a camera and it's great. You're very camera friendly. But what I'm saying is now that we watch your content with you saying these things directly into a camera, I mean, that's the power of content, to be honest. Just a quick side note, when I watch Eddie's content on social, uh, which again, everything is linked below for you guys to click on now, or you know, if you want to leave this podcast, you can go listen to his, you know what I mean? But I just, I really believe that when you when you pivoted that model of, of you know, content meets audio, but you weren't the one in front of a camera, there wasn't a disconnect. It was just a different type of resignation, resignation with it, you know? Um, and then now uh, it's it's cool to see that of you, uh, high quality, in-depth, short clips on social or whatever it might be. And it works. Uh, that said, you know, how are you able in now the weeks of work? What do you, what does your week look like? How are you doing things? And when you're feeling overwhelmed, what do those pauses look like? And, and the reminders really of, of being on this like nice journey. Yeah. Well, well, to your, your, your previous point, um, it's indicative of, you know, I did a lot of things wrong and I continue to, but it's one of the things that I feel like I've gotten right. Um, at least for the most part is understanding that value makes the world go round. And it's not about me. It's about the audience and the listeners and being able to help. Um, I think it's Donald Miller, uh, has this idea in building a story brand where he's talking about Yoda and Luke Skywalker and everyone mm. with an online brand thinks they're Luke Skywalker and the star of the show. And it's like, no, you are Yoda. Your audience is Luke. You are taking them by the hand and you are guiding them somewhere. Wow. Right. And so for me, it's like, I'm telling this story. It's helping people. Right. I don't need to have my face. In, in fact, sure. I can write more free and, and, and better without a camera in my face. 
Um, yeah, and a lot of times on YouTube, I do. Um, but then once I learned to your point, no, there's a connection that's created when people see the person. Mm. And it's like, okay, so this is a, a different kind of value add then, at least in short form content. Sure. Um, and so that's I, sort yeah. of why I went that way. You know what I mean? Because that's it's so anyway, we talk about North Stars. That has been it for me consistently. And it's another thing where anytime I've tried to make myself the star of the show or without thinking about it, you know, made it about me, mm. I lose because that's not what this is about, you know? And yeah. so that's, that's, that's been an evolution. Um, and then the, uh, yeah, the, the second piece, what would you ask? Like my day-to-day? Yeah. The day-to-day now in terms of how you're managing this entire brand and business. And then as it relates to taking pauses and slow moments to enjoy the journey. Yes. Well, I, I, I'm at a point now where I have the resources to get help. And so that allows me to do two things. It allows me to take that time for myself to look around and enjoy it more. Um, but also offload some work, you know, to people that I trust that, uh, allows the, the message to expand and grow and reach more people. So it has, you know, I would say in the last year, year and a half, I've had to take on more of an administrative managerial role, which I don't love. And I don't want to, you know, hopefully I can outsource that as well, but it's, you know, it's, it's part of the process and uh, that's what it's been. I've, I've talked to you about it before uh, pretty extensively, you know, it's like going from a creator to what I believe is a business owner. Obviously, every creator and YouTuber is an entrepreneur and is a business sure. owner. But to the level that I aim for um, with scalability, with reach, um, there's growing pains. And so that sure. has been my focus, yeah, over the past year, year and a half. I have a very interesting question. Maybe the audience thinks it's interesting too. I mean, <laughs> you maybe. maybe you said something interesting. I just have a follow-up question, but I do want to say this. You know, you said it. There is a difference between being a creator and a business person. And there is a very sharp turn. I mean, I feel it, you feel it, where you have to go into this managerial business admin, you know, business person uh position for your own for your own business, right? And mm. it's actually something I don't think people talk enough about is what does that sharp turn really look like and how did you manage it? Because I hate exactly what you said. I don't like managing people. I don't even want to think about, I want to be the personality. Same with you. I want to be the creator of all of these things. Yet when the business gets bigger and and it's more scalable or you have these bigger visions for the brand, you said it in order to scale it. There you go. You have to find the right team, hire the right people, contract the right workout and blah, 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 which is all business. So what did that sharp turn look like for you? And now that you have this team, is it working? And if so, how? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great question. And I, I think it like so many things, it comes down to what do you want? Um, mm. You know, because this is certainly not a pivot that everyone should make or needs to make unless it aligns with, you know, uh, something bigger. And so, you know, it's been slow for me because we are, you know, on YouTube, getting from four to 5 million views a month um, with very long form content, which is is difficult to do. Um, But it's been me and an editor, right? So, Mm. I mean, it's a very, very small thing. And so one of the things that you sacrifice is you take your hands off things. And everyone talks about this. This is not a pain point for just me. This is everybody. You lose control. 
not all of it, but some of it, you have to right. definitionally, you have to. And uh-huh. so if you can 10 X your work, uh, for something that is 85 to 90%, the way you do it, is that a trade-off? And I think, yes, I think I, I've, I've, I've grappled with, I've gone back and forth. I think, yes, if the, if the, Color And by the way, you can train people and you can work together as a team to get closer and closer, but there are little details and nuances that just aren't going to be the same and probably aren't as important. It's the message that matters. So for me, that's, you know, that's, that's been it. Have there been moments where you feel like you were compromising the kind of the state of the brand or your vision for it because of the work that was being done by the people that you hired and the team that you created? Yes. Uh, especially when they first come on it, it, and it's, it's, um, again, it's something that you have to be okay with and you have to surround yourself with people that are excited and willing to make it, uh, as, as good as possible. You know, that's part of the journey. Um, there's an For idea sure. though, and, and this is also true, like perfectionism it, it's, which is, which I call myself, right. It's like, I consider this brand quality. I want it to be Apple-esque. I want people to feel good when they even look at it. Right. Um, and so, uh, there's a fear of that not being the case. And like me wanting to stay where I am under this guise of perfectionism. Uh, when in reality, it's like, no, you have to throw things against the wall, let it fall apart, assemble it and throw again. It's a repetitive process. And again, there's comfort in knowing this isn't just me going through this. Any entrepreneur, any creator ever who wanted to grow had to deal with this. So it's part of the process. You can't be perfect. You know, it's it's peaks, valleys, peaks, valleys, peaks, valleys. Trial and error, you know, as well. Because I think too, a lot of us think about what we want to create. And some people, I want, I want your opinion on this when it comes to content. I feel like some folks are doing content as like a marketing strategy or maybe some tactics behind it so that they can scale their actual business, which very well mm. might be a CPG product or whatever, whatever, a shoe company content in that way is really used as a marketing tool. Whereas for you, it naturally is going to be a marketing tool. So when you think of content that you're producing that you know is the product, right? Like that is, that's what it's like to be a content creator. Like that your your product is your content. Yeah. When you see that this oversaturated world is nothing but like marketing videos or advertisements on Instagram by people talking into a sure mic, just like you do for a living, does that how do you feel about that? Do you have any thoughts, generally speaking, about this oversaturated world of content and then the folks who are doing it for a living as opposed to just marketing to to make more money? I think I think either is okay. Like I made a decision that the content would be the business, at least the crux of it. You know, I wanted it to be a media company, which is advertisement based. That's how the revenue is going to be generated in large part. And the content is the product. Um, you know, when you can't have a thriving company. It's very difficult to without marketing with social media. So seeing some of these companies do it, um, you know, it's great power to them. I, I, the only thing that really grinds my gears, as the saying goes, is, uh, hey, you want to get a million followers on social media? Like, do what I do. And it's like, well, uh, a million I, followers seen that. for what? Right? Yeah. It's like I, I talk about it like an empty Amazon truck. It's like you have to have value 
to provide something to the followers. The like, what is your thing? What are you the best in the world at, or one percent at, or even adding value at? A lot of people think having followers is is the thing, and it's meaningless, right? Followers are people. If you think of Fenway Park seats thirty eight thousand or so, they're there for a very specific reason to watch That's something right. that interests them. So to have thirty eight thousand followers, you need to be giving them something that they right. want to see and they're interested in what is that, you know? So that's the part that I'm like, Hey, you know, people easily miss the mark there. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, folks who are listening, you might be in business, have a business, want to start your own business. And a lot of times having these thoughts or even just advice from friends like Eddie, it's, it's just, it's second to none. I think this, some of the most impactful things you can do for your business should be the most thought out. And a lot of times you say it, people miss the mark because they simply aren't strategizing in the right way or coming at it from the right pure angle. And I just think it's so interesting, right? Because like I've watched you in, in the content world. Now it's turning more into a business. I mean, what's the foresight there? I was going to save this to, to the end of the interview, but really, I mean, what's the foresight with the end goal so that this, you know, you can kind of maintain the creativity of all of it and the passion and the excitement, yet also knowing that there has to be a business model behind you and then your world within. Yeah, well, that's the piece that, you know, I I certainly hold firm on is like, you know, people aren't going to write and speak the three episodes a week for me. And that's, that's just my thing. And I love it. And that's fine. No one needs to either. You know, you can scale like crazy without that. You know, that's my commitment. And so that is uh, really where the effort has been, you know, uh, specifically the digital space, the podcast, YouTube, allocating a ton of resources to it. And yeah. then using the short form content to make quick connections with people. And, you know, hopefully, uh, show them that if they do watch the long form content, there will be a ton of value add. So like that is my thing. I, I see it as a, a truly a media company. And then, you know, I'm I'm starting some outside projects that some of them experimenting, um, you know, but uh, there is, as we've talked about, a book in the works. I'm looking at like different events um, here and there. Um, definitely been doing some keynote speaking, a lot of them for private events, but different places. Sure. So there are things that supplement it, but like my heart and where I feel like the most value lies is in that podcast, the YouTube, the media stuff, the long form media mm. stuff. Mm. I love that. I love hearing it this many years later too, uh, because some people get out of it, you know, like they, they often say, especially, I mean, podcaster to podcaster that like, this is kind of the most exciting media platform and tool out there right now. A lot of people want it and, you know, for whatever reason they want a podcast, sure. But then I look at you who's been in the game so long, you know, even if it's an extension of the YouTube channel or vice versa, there's you've used both in such a nice uniform way, which has been really cool to see them to marry. Most people can't handle both because it's so much work. So now we have to talk about your routines or else this wouldn't be called the routine project podcast. I mean, when I first met you, I know that there was like routine questions I had asked you about how you wake up and how you get creative and how you clear your head on your runs, blah, 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 right? And I'm sure those things have changed. But what would you say is, or what would you say has been the most significant thing you've noticed about your daily routine as a content creator over the years? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember on the, the last time we talked about this, I did say it fluctuates and it continues to. Uh, I can I, do see it as like one big experiment. But the one thing that I think 
is the biggest ROI. Um, when I read Cal Newport's deep work and just understanding the importance of isolating yourself and doing the big, uh, you know, thought provoking things, uh, really carving out space for them and doing whatever you need to do to get them done. Right. So if I'm doing three new episodes a week, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, first thing I'm writing them. And that's before email. That's before I can let life, you know, find its way in through the cracks. It's like, you have to do this. And so not only do you get it done, which is nice, but you carry that sort of, uh, how do you describe it? It's, I want to say maybe a peace of mind or accomplishment throughout the day. Um, whereas if I don't, if I wake up and I go, all right, well, today between two and four sometime, I'll write the speech. It's on my mind all day. It's just, it feels less clean. It feels less linear. And uh, those little things matter. You know, nuance like that really matters in my day. So that's the biggest thing you know, taking care of the the large thought provoking projects in the morning. And then as the smaller things stack up throughout the day, mm. it, you know, it doesn't take a ton of preparation to answer a couple emails, uh, but it does to write a speech about your life. So like, that's the trade-off. I mean, deep work is so important. And for anyone listening, I mean, Eddie said it, there's, there's something powerful to knowing what you get to identify as a big task or the most important task to spend that deep work in. You know, and they've often said a lot of times, like, we can't spend more than what, 30 minutes to an hour, maybe max, you know, doing one thing without having to feel like you have to get up, refresh yourself, re you know, reset in some capacity. So during a natural workday for you, I mean, what does that look like? And then how are you spending your time uh, when you have like brain fog or a little bit of like antsiness in your, in your blood? How do you handle that when you know it's yeah, a busy workday, especially? Oh, for sure. I mean, just scheduling in time. So for me, like one of the things uh, I've started maybe a week and a half now, uh, maybe two weeks, uh, I've, I've gone back to my two days. So like just two workouts that I, I schedule in there, one of them uh, usually midday, the other one in the evening. Um, so that's a, a very, you know, very clear break whether it's lifting or yoga or running or, you know, interval training, whatever it is. Uh, and I love that. I love that. Cause it's, you know, one, it feels like a lifestyle, which then bleeds into the work, which makes everything better. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's a big thing. I think I, I still say like the simple things are the most important, just not having a phone. Uh, and it, again, yes, the time wasted is annoying, Sure. But it makes me feel just not good. Like when I look back on the day and I know I've lost time scrolling, I just hate the feeling. And so like it's yeah. things like that you can mitigate. The, they're often referred to as little hinges. Like what are, are little things you can do or change or add or remove in your life that as W. Clement Stone says, swing a big door. Um, and that's one of them, like the simple mm. idea of having the phone in a different room, the simple idea of scheduling breaks, um, things like that. And, and it's something that I feel like everyone needs to experiment with. Yeah. I mean, simple business is probably the best way to do it. And as things get more complex, whether or not it's the oversaturation of content out there that you're trying to like wiggle through and fight the noise with, or like you had said, like you just simply have to find times in your day to block certain things out. It all adds value in some way, but then you 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 almost have to mitigate what doesn't add value. So, like in your life, what have you cut out completely? Uh, 
maybe even out of your routine, what have you cut out where you're like, you know what, I just can't, in addition to the, you know, the scrolling of social media, for example, what have you cut out that have, has really helped you uh, as now a business person really where this brand's going? Yeah. Yeah. And it's by the way, like what you say no to is because of the, how numerous it can be uh, is more important than what you say yes to. I, I think we say yes to way too many things. Um, but so I mentioned like being able to get some support. Uh, we calculated the value of time. Last time I was at a, uh, like sort of a mastermind I do with the mm. few buddies every quarter. Um, the amount of time each hour of my day is valued at. And the best ROI I get is this. It's talking into a camera. So like in a perfect world, I get up at six, I go to bed at 8 p.m. And the camera's just rolling all day and I'm just talking into it. So there's clips that go out, that go out, that go out. Now, obviously that doesn't happen because life is not like that. But so that means all the other stuff. That means editing audio. That means chopping up video pieces. That means posting. That means yeah. responding to email or speaking inquiries. All that stuff that I had been saying yes to, like now I have to push out and other people can do that. Also, there was sort of an obligation too to say yes to a lot of speaking inquiries that like, I don't know, they, they weren't necessarily in my best interest. And like sure. when you're starting out, you you want the reps, right? You want the practice. You want to be on as many stages on as many podcasts as possible. But then, you know, as you continue forward, you're able to pinpoint which ones excite you, which ones add the most value, um, and, and sort of use that as a metric. So it's a lot of little things like that that come with, you know, the, the, the growth and the experience. And did you find too, that like, as the, like the more that you said yes to, then you had to kind of do a little bit of inner work and realize what didn't work and what to say no to next time. And, you know, kind of to, per cause you don't want to like overthink it, but you definitely want to be able to say, well, I've already been through something similar like that, that didn't work or didn't serve me or didn't hold any value in my life or my business's life therefore no <laughs> you know yeah yeah you you know you know that saying like if you're unsure uh flip a coin and you'll know when it's in the air what side you want it to land on like i i say yes to things right and it's like immediately i go oh and then i'm like well there's your indicator wow you know like if, wow. if you're not excited about that um if it's not a hell yes then uh, that's not something you want to be moving towards. Now, that doesn't mean life is sunshine and rainbows and you can only do wonderful, you know, but like within reason, uh, you can't continue to let that stuff infiltrate you or you won't be able to do what matters. That's the idea here. Uh-huh. Has your vision for what your world within, as much as it's constantly changed, has, this, has the North Star changed really? Or are you still kind of going on the same? I mean, you mentioned this 30 minutes ago. It's like, you are on a specific path to that North star, but can you describe that to us? And if the vision has changed at all, the vision has not changed. The medium and the approach has changed. So yep. what it is, is, is um, I like to view it as, as like artistic storytelling in a way that helps people think differently about their lives, sure. about the opportunity around them. Um, so it's personal development, but not all pragmatic it's like we are emotional creatures. And so I want it to be little works of art that move people and make them think. So when I started mm. out, um, you know, it was what, two to four minute videos and that was it. And so like, you know, you don't get a ton of time there. I mean, you have to be very sparse with your words. It's like a song. Um, but then, 
you know, it's sort of an adapt or die thing. And now the options are what? Like to win on Instagram and TikTok, you're 20 to 30 seconds. To win on YouTube, you're an hour. Yeah. Right. So sure. like there's there's constant uh adaptation in the storytelling and in recapturing my thoughts and events. But the North Star is still there. That has not changed. Hmm. I love that because a lot of times in business, I think people, you know, depending on what it is, I mean, yours is so woven in personal development and just better for you for the people that tune into your content, you know, follow your journey, listen to your podcast, things of that nature. And it works, you know, because a lot of times there's businesses where it's like you can get burnt out, you can stop caring about it. I mean, your business can hate you back. Like there's so many things in business. that's like, I'm still learning on this podcast as well as, you know, all of us who keep tuning in. It's like, I mean, it is what you make of it essentially as an entrepreneur, right? But then depending on how big the business gets or, I mean, vision gets lost all the time, you know, and to get back on that horse takes a lot of work. Uh, but because you're in the personal development space, I can ask you a little bit more of like a personal development question now. But when you feel like you might have gotten off track or, you know, things are getting a little bit blurry uh, for you with your brand and the things that you're accomplishing, I mean, do you have routines on the wellness side besides the workout that you go to no matter what, whether it's like your favorite spot on the beach or... Mm you know, you pick up a particular item in the house and take it outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. God, it's a good question. So it's funny being in the personal development space to see my progression on this. Um, but I've grown so much more into the philosophy of give yourself grace. When you feel like you've gone the wrong direction or you've even... Uh, you know, done something that was counterproductive, right? Like I used to just beat myself up and it would be like, be better, be better, be better, be better. And what I've learned is like, when you can give yourself grace and like, dude, this is exactly what growth looks like. Taking chances, making risks, uh, switch that, making, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. And um, <laughs> for sure. And, yeah. And just finding yourself in places where you look around and go, what the hell is this? Um but you learn and you move on. And not only that, that allows you to then come at it stronger than if I just kept hitting my head against the wall and saying, be mm. better. Right. And so like that to me, like when I do find myself in a bad spot, like that, that grace has, has become strength in a lot of ways. I'm a lot more mellow. Um, but I feel like a lot more power has been generated because of that. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I like to, when I'm in that spot, like to take that into consideration, clear my head, I'll walk, I'll run. Um, I'm in an interesting spot, like physically, geographically, uh, where it's like, I'm right on the intercoastal, but exactly halfway between two bridges. So like it's uh, I have to go all the way around to get to the beach, which makes huh. it a five, five mile run there and back which is like a really nice way to sort of decompress, get some sun, you know? Um, and I, I've been doing that more and more as well. Mm. And then back to the idea of your daily routines or even habits. I mean, what gets you excited? And like, what gets you so excited that has nothing to do with the brand or the content that then in turn makes you like a higher performer as a worker? Do you know what I mean? I've been waiting to ask you this question. Like, 
if you had to give us everything you do during a day that had nothing to do with business or the brand that fires you up to perform better, you know, with the business and the brand, when you do lock in for those hours, what are those things? So outside of the creation process? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of things. I mean, I think it's really cool being able to help people. I think the emails are just astounding. I mean, it's just such a beautiful thing. Um, so that's always one thing. Like I enjoy like embracing a, a lifestyle too. Um, not in, necessarily in like what I wear, but like, or what I drive, but just like the essence of like practicing what you preach and doing yes. your thing and enjoying uh, the day. Uh, and so being able to live that and sort of feel the freedom that comes with it is an incredible yes. thing. I like to think about the resources uh, that ultimately, you know, will come from it. And I like to think about getting, you know, taking care of my family and being mm. able to uh, give back to the people that gave me uh, all the opportunity in the world when I was a kid and asked for nothing in return, you know? Yeah. So like all those little things sort of culminate in, in, you know, externally they excite me. And it also comes through in the speeches too. You know, it's, it's like one big thing. Hundred percent. And the people too, uh, people's a big thing in business always. But the reason I asked you that particularly is because we've had some folks on the show or, we all collectively, Eddie and I and everybody listening, know people who have jobs that are in service. And if you've selected it like Eddie, amazing. Or if you just happen to be a nurse, even better. Um, but when you live a life of service and it then in turn is your paycheck, your livelihood, I think there's sometimes a struggle mentally for a lot of folks. Uh, and we can leave that to like a mental health conversation later, but I just think it's important to bring up exactly what you've said, which is you do enjoy living your life first and it somehow is able to be interwoven into, you know, maybe it is an email reaction from a fan or a listener of yours that then in turn inspires you to go be that way in person in, in real time and live out your truth, which is essentially to be a really good person and inspire people to do the same thing. Uh, I just thought it was really important to mention that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You know, because a lot of times, again, like I think all of us struggle with that. You could be, again, in any occupation, but sometimes when you're serving, you then have to figure out what that looks like with you and how you're living your lifestyle, aka your best life, as they say in today's world. Like you want to find those things. If it's running or, you know, meeting strangers at the bar when you take yourself out on a Friday night or, you know, going to specific fitness classes that drive your social EQ. Uh, there's a lot of things though that can be done. Uh, and it's just really cool to hear that. Um, you, I take you as like an outdoor person. Like you're a very outdoorsy entrepreneur. You do a lot of stuff with your friends, like on retreats and you practice the art of living outside of a computer screen or a video camera, as much as you are locked into those day to day. Mm. Can you describe to us how that benefits your work. I hate screens. I actually would prefer to just take phone calls all day, but we have to be on Zoom. So this is great. But I really hate computer time. And I've done everything in my quote unquote business lifestyle to make sure I'm not on a computer more than like three hours a day. And so I just know that you've navigated that and you're you're really good at just, you know, getting away from screen time. But how how has it benefited you? Yeah, it's it well it's one uh, it's where I generate my ideas. Like as a writer, you have to live your life. And so like going out and living is where I learn, you know, and I get my wins and my losses and things that uh 
I want to share. If there's one thing I feel like I can be better at, it is capturing some of those moments, which is why like, you know, I just did what uh, my friend Tyler and I call a broken marathon where for 24 hours straight at the top of the hour, every hour you run 1.1 miles. And the idea was not only to do that, but to get faster so that, you know, mile 24 will be the fastest. And it was, I mean, it was really, really hard staying awake, uh, you know, the nutrition, your body tightening up is physically demanding, but like, there are things that we do because it, 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 it sort of reshapes our perspective as we then go back into, you know, our, our worlds that I'm like, I need to start capturing this because mm -hmm. I think it would be a powerful thing to do. And so the question is, how do you capture it on video uh, in a way that doesn't take away from the act itself? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it like, also begs the question of like whether or not it's going to feel like work and that also defeats the purpose. No, I mean, I just feel exactly I, yeah, you and I've talked about that many times. It almost defeats the purpose of living if you're trying to. I mean, I have to do backflip videos for my really good friend's uh, athletic apparel company tomorrow. As much as I love doing it, I also, it kind of felt like work. So what did I do? I, I have to do it in a way that doesn't feel so much like work, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So what do you, is it like a photo shoot? It almost is a, it's a promotion of their new polos and I'm obsessed with their new polos. But recently I'm like, I usually do backflips like for video content when I want to. So when, I, when I'm told to do it, it does feel like work, similar to your situation where you know, if you're thinking too much about recording the 24, you know, hour sprint, what is it? 24 hour marathon. Yeah. We call it a broken marathon. Broken There's a marathon. name for it in Japan, but I'm, I forget what it is. Me being Japanese, I should know, you know, the broken marathon, you know, if you had to record it, it would feel like you're like on No. Exactly. Well, I always used to say that about vlogging. I, I think vlogging is the most unhealthy thing in the world because it doesn't matter how comfortable you are in front of a camera when you know it's on, you are in some capacity acting, you mm -hmm. know? And so like watching all these people do this every day, I'm like, you know, and a lot of them did burn out and had mental health issues because yes. you run into this, like, who am I truly, you know? Yes. Um, I mean, you hit the sweet spot with your brand and what you committed to seven years ago, nine years ago. I think so. I'm biased, right? But I think yeah. so. Like, I, I think, you know, I, I'd much rather uh, talk about something that I've learned than have the camera disrupt the act of learning. Mm -hmm. um, and plus, you know, it's just different variations of storytelling. It depends. Of you know, course. There are some people too that will listen to what I'm saying and they'd much rather watch a show or, you know, it comes down to, comes down to preference. But what I found with this broken marathon thing, the sweet spot is just help like it usually comes down to help people that have cameras so that you don't have to think about it. You can focus on you, um, you know, and every once in a while I'll pick up the phone and check in or pick up the camera and check in. But like, mm -hmm. you know, it's not all a show. Right. And every day is going to look different for something like that. You know, right. this, okay. I've, I want to go back to routines. Do you feel like there is one thing you can't live without doing every single day? Uh, I don't know that I can't live without, but I, I really have a strong preference to, uh, a peaceful, quiet morning. Like that's still, I was hoping you were going to say that. Yeah, man. That's still my, my thing. Like just to, to think, to reflect, um, I was talking the other day on a live about gratitude and how, like, you know, I used to think that was so cliche until, you know, you learn that really all, all it's doing is focusing on what you have versus what you're chasing or what you don't have, 
you know, and like arming yourself with how lucky you are before you step out the front door is a very powerful thing, you know? So yeah, just, just stuff like that. Uh, but that, uh, that one hour, it's, uh, pretty precious. They say it even takes an hour to wake up. So if you can do so in stillness and quiet and peace and be able to wake up quietly, that's amazing. Cause it sets the tone for your day. No. And then you're able to kind of say, well, you know what? You walk into the day almost clear headed in a way, but are you jotting notes down? What are you doing in that hour where you're like really at peace and quiet in the morning? Yeah. You feel like you have control, like you own the day versus the days just sort of knocking you around wherever uh, it, it wants to. Um, sometimes, I mean, I'm definitely writing the, the, in the, the gratitude journal, if you can call it that um, every yeah. once in a while, I'll jot out like the main things I want to do for the day. Although most of the time I can, knock that out before bed. So, uh, not a ton of writing. It's not like, um, uh, you know, it's, it's really not even so much in the action, like what, I, what I'm doing in that hour, as long as like, it's mine, you right. know, right. whether I'm listening to 15 minutes of an audio book or, uh, just sitting outside on the patio with no music, like whatever it is, I just want it to be like whatever it needs to be that day. Hmm. I'd be, what's the word? Abyss? Is that the word? People say like, oh, I'd be abyss if I didn't say this. I'd be blind. Remiss. Thank you. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. See, this is why I podcast with smart people. So <laughs> I would be remiss not to ask you uh, how we can help people who are listening right now who are on the inch of either burnout or discovering elements of negative thought patterns when it comes to business because they're feeling like they're off track. And so do you have any impactful thoughts as to kind of how you came out of, you know, being off track or, you know, if they're on the inch of burnout, would you, what would you really want to tell them? Yeah. I mean, burnout, uh, I would say a vague term, but I, you know, like, uh, I, I would say it's normal. Like it's just normal. It's impossible to be happy and enthusiastic, uh, all the time to feel momentum all the time. It's something that needs to be manufactured, which is why you'd listen to a podcast like Justin's, right? It's like you you sort of find these little things to recreate that momentum in your life. I think the question mm. that you need to be asked is big picture. It's, are you still in love with where you're going, right? Do you find value in where you're going? And this is a bump along the way of which, by the way, there will be many more. Or is this a reflection point where you look around and go, you know what? Like truly, this is not the path I want to be going. I need to make a pivot or some type of correction um, because that could be, you know, there could be burnout doing something you love and you're exhausted. That same feeling could also be indicative of, hey, this does not align with with how I should be spending my time. Mm -hmm. I need to make a change here. So I think it's just a big picture conversation and that's the most important thing. But mm. yeah, the caveat being, if you are going the direction you feel you need to go, burnout's going to happen and don't feel, you know, like it's the end of the world or the walls are crashing down. It's your time now to create mm. a little momentum in your life. And the tools are around you to do that. You don't need to hit a home run. You don't need to perform any miracles. Think small, right? Mm. Small wins. Justin, you were just talking about a ton of little things that make you happy. Go on a walk, go to the beach, call a friend, call a family mm. member. Work-wise, do three little tasks. Like, just write them out so that when you go to bed, you know, you crushed what you said you were going to do. All those little things add up and you'll ultimately, you know, find your way out of this. So it's just understanding that it's a process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then if we're lost and if I'm lost and I don't really know what that big picture is, 
I should have asked that first before, you know, any form of burnout, mm. but what, I mean, that big picture is so set for you. I mean, I'm still trying to create it for myself, but if we are completely lost, we don't know what we're trying to create as a big picture. Any first steps, first steps, yeah. any, any beginning steps. This is like near and dear to my heart. You've probably heard me talk about this a million times. Like the, the quote, not all who wander are lost. It's okay. Like lost even has a negative connotation. You don't have to know. We have this feeling like this pressure, like we always have to know what we're doing. The year in between the corporate world and when I started creating content for your world within, I had no idea what I was doing. And at times it was nerve wracking because you have expectations. You're comparing yourself to your friends who quote unquote, have it all figured out. Your family wants what's best for you. They want you to have X, Y, or Z job just because they love you. Right. And, and, and it's just how it goes. There's a lot of stress, but it's okay to wander and feel things out and try things again. When I was seven, I did not say I wanted to be a YouTube creator or a podcaster. I didn't know what that was. I fell into it by saying yes to the things I love and pushing away the things I didn't. You can only find that if you allow yourself to get lost. And that's important to understand. So, um, you know, if you don't know ex <clears throat> exactly where you're going or what you should do, perfect. Explore. It also makes for a lot of good stories that you may or may not want to document, right? Given your profession. That's a really cool way to end this podcast episode. Uh, I'm eternally grateful for you. I learned a new word. It's remiss. I can't like, I'm just not good with vocabulary, <laughs> but if we all That's learned a, a new word one, today, you know? it's reminisce. Yeah. I was going to say reminisce. It's remiss. Great. All right. Anyway, you know, I've loved having you on this podcast. Uh, I've, I've loved watching and, and listening to a lot of your content, which is all linked below folks. If you've clicked play, I just really appreciate you selecting this show when there's millions of others. The only other one I will recommend right now at this very moment is Eddie's, which is your world within. Uh, and you'll see that it has motivational or, you know, some subtitle of some sort with the word motivational in it. So that's the one on there. Uh, and you'll see his face in some form of shadow, which is really cool. Uh, really neat branding there. Uh, also his website, his YouTube channel, uh, links to videos in which he has spoken so amazing at uh, will also be below. And in the meantime, and he left us on such a great note, go get lost. And you know, maybe the saying get lost is a good thing that you've just encouraged <laughs> us that that's exactly what people say these days. It's not an F you. It's a go get lost and figure yourself out and enjoy the journey. I like that. Get lost. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Uh, no, well, man, Eddie, seriously, thank you, thank you for, uh, for having me. Yeah, it's always a great chat. I appreciate it. Hey, it's Justin again, and that concludes today's episode. I hope you learned something new or exciting about routines or at least took something away from the guest I had on the show. Now, I've got plenty more episodes coming up on this podcast, so be sure to click that follow button wherever you're listening. Oh, and you know how it goes. The show only gets better when I hear from you. So drop a rating and review and let me know what you loved and maybe what we can do better on this podcast to keep you coming back each week. Now, until I get that next episode to you, start building the routines that matter most to you and inspire others to do the same.